I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Not to be too Robin Williams, but good morning! It is Thursday, which means it's game preview day. Game preview number one. I didn't scream good morning Vietnam, so uh, anyone uh, over the age of 30 understands that reference. We got a full show for you today because we got practice recap. We got some breaking news from last night that we need to talk about here on the show. And of course, Penn State West Virginia, our experts here on the show, they're going to give their thoughts. They're going to give... Uh, do you guys do predictions? Do you do like predictions or 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 uh, score predictions in this one, Nate? I think so. At the end, <laughs> maybe. I can't yeah, remember last year if you did like a full-on score prediction or not. I mean, it's it's on BlueWayIllustrated.com if you want to check that out. If you read our stuff, T. Frank, um, <laughs> which I've learned in the last couple of days, hit and miss for a lot of people. Um, yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> No, it's it's definitely up there on BlueWayIllustrated.com. We'll get to those by the end uh, with predictions. Um, if you want to skip and get the cheat sheet and check out the site because they're on there from yesterday afternoon, even though a lot of content yesterday. Some of it good, some of it not so good, but we're uh, happy to provide because there was, there was a lot going on at Penn State football. Yeah, we'll get to that in just one second. Just a reminder, though, if you're watching here in the live chat, uh, we are going to be doing the BWI mailbag at the end of the show. We've got our submitted questions from bluewhiteillustrated.com. we got to get through, but there is time for some of your questions as well, so drop them in the chat. And because it is such a filled show, if you uh, send a super chat, we're guaranteed to get those on air, but we won't be able to get to everything today. So if you want, we're getting into regular season mode and everything's getting super serious and all kinds of stuff to get to. So uh, if you want to uh, drop us a super chat, we'll make sure we get to your comments. Breaking news from yesterday. Penn State football has a, a news update. And as we said, this one, not so great. Uh, former Penn State uh, guard at this point, I should say starting guard Landon Tangwell announced his retirement from football due to an injury. Um, James Franklin made a statement about that after practice. Uh, Fitz, I'll come to you. You you wrote the article for us at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Take us through what he said on social media and your initial reaction to the news. Well, the initial reaction first. It sucks, man. Like, yeah. I understand. It, it's football. It comes with uh, expected consequences sometimes. And unfortunately, for a guy like Landon, who has lived and breathed football since the time I met him or talked to him, eighth, ninth grade, whatever that was, this kid has been all about football. Um, he has been all about Penn State football uh, for a long time as well, nearly as long as that. Um, and so to see a guy who is dedicated, you know, he's, he's a young guy, but dedicated most of his life to being what he was expected to be, which was a starting offensive lineman for Penn State. Uh, it just I can't emphasize enough how much it sucks. Like this is uh, I mean, all, all of a sudden just gone 
Like it's, it's like losing, you know, a loved one. It's, it's, it's terrible for him for a guy that was, you know, he's just a redshirt sophomore, but a leader, a guy that uh, a lot of people look to as somebody that could write this ship on the offensive line and certainly help that. And unfortunately missed most of the season last year. Um, but this was a guy that they were counting on for a couple of years and it was a big time recruit when he signed on board. Um, it was a, a big time, a, you know, one of those guys that could stabilize things on the offensive line. And Penn State's done a great job writing the ship, obviously, there. Phil Troutwine, I think, has done a wonderful job. Uh, Frank Leonard's been a, a key piece of that as well. But, like, this is this is one that y- you didn't draw up. And that's kind of w- what sucks sometimes when you're talking about college football. Not a situation where you can go out and sign a replacement as if you're a pro or anything like that. Um, but it's just it, – it's tough to stomach. I mean, we we learned of this, um, you know, recently. I don't, don't want to put a timeline on but uh, – it's just one of those gut punches and you don't want to believe it. Like you don't want to believe it's true. And uh, for, for that to happen, for that to come, come, come along in the way that it did it just sucks, man. And there's really no way getting around that. Yeah. He, he was really one of the first guys in that signal of Penn state was recruiting uh, a different level of offensive lineman, really one of the first guys to come in. And I know Fashi knew a year older, but kind of that three-star prospect that developed Landon was a high profile four-star guy and uh, just very frustrating as you, I think, uh, outlined very well there. Nate, James Franklin's comments yesterday, what did you take away from those, and can you give us the gist of what he had to say about Landon's situation? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly he wanted to to keep it um, fairly brief, right? I, I think that uh, it's, a, it's a moment of... Uh, of challenge for, for Landon and his family and, and certainly for the Penn state football team. I, I, I do think it's, it's interesting. Sean just did a story this summer with Jordan minor and last weekend, you know, I don't know who saw it, um, but obviously journey Brown, you know, working in a NASCAR pit crew, right. Right. Uh, which is uh, in no way making light of Landon's situation. It's, it's only to say that there's life after football for, for a lot of these guys. And, you know, there, there should be some level of optimism. Landon's such a bright kid. He, he's such a, um, you know, a, ta- a talented kid, a, a guy who is really engaging, easy to get along with, um, has always been very good with the media. Like, he, he will have a great life, right? Like he will, he will have a, a, a great life ahead of him. And so while this moment is a, a tough one for him and for his family to, to get through and to, to stomach that, uh, you know, something that is his first love of football is not going to be there for him moving forward in the same capacity. It doesn't mean that there's nothing, nothing there for him moving forward. He, he's, he's got the world in front of him and, and will do great things uh, moving on. It, it's one of those situations where, you know, we've all interacted with Landon. I think we all think highly of him in our interactions with him. But football is the reality. They have to make a plan for what comes next. And they've had more time to make that plan. But Ryan asks the question in the chat, which I think everyone was thinking from the moment this news was announced. Really feel bad for Landon. As for the team, how does this change rotation at guard and the depth at that position? That's something that James Franklin didn't want to get into last night. He didn't really want to talk about in that in that situation. But it's obviously something we can talk about here and that we have a pretty good sense of what it will be. Fitz, coming back to you for this one. Uh, what do you see as far as the guys that need to step up into that void and not just JB Nelson, who I know we'll start with, but how does this change the depth behind him and maybe the plans for the other guard position? 
You get we're on mute. You got you on mute there, Fitz. I got you. One quick point on Landon that you started with. He was the guy that would seek you out, like when when we had team functions and things like that, to ask how your family was, ask how everything was. So the, that's why you know this is one of those kids that that it hits harder a little bit because you you know how much that meant to him and, and everything meant to him. So I just wanted to to get that in there as well. From a depth perspective, from a starting perspective, JB Nelson's been the guy since Tengwall went down early in camp. And that's was going to be a battle anyway. We talked about that back in the spring. JB had a really good spring. A guy that Penn State really likes as a kind of a brawler in there at guard. He's huge. Like I don't think you realize how big this kid is. Um, we talk how big Vega is. JB's roughly the same size. Maybe, maybe built a little bit differently in terms of shape, yeah. but like he is a massive dude. And he's uh probably one of the meaner guys. I think James said a couple of weeks ago one of the meaner guys on the offensive line, but it, it, it's more about technicality, you know, technical standpoint, all that stuff anyway. But JB Nelson's going to be in the spotlight. This is a situation where JB was going to be the guy um, splitting reps and also taking reps at the fourth tackle spot, which that kind of changes things. Every hit on the offensive line, as we saw last year in November, every hit has a ripple effect where you are going to lose guys at other spots. You're going to have guys just, uh, you know, that, that you maybe have to play, have to burn a red shirt or something like that for. So it goes with Nelson and then it goes to Vega Yone, uh, the guy that was the, or is the top backup at right guard. I have him as the top backup at left guard as well. Like this is a, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's not rocket science because playing offensive line is very hard, but he, he's got to be prepared to play both of those positions. Um, I think people are going to look at Hunter Norzad at center and say, why can't he slide back to guard? Well, you want to keep your center like intact all the way. That's why when you see them do rotations with different quarterbacks, with different other offensive linemen, the center is usually the guy that, that leads the team. I think juice led the team in snaps last year. You know, that's, that that's for a reason you want to keep continuity there at the center position. So I don't bring him into the conversation can bring Nick Dawkins into the conversation a little bit because Penn State likes to cross-train those guys, and if you're not the starting center, then you have an opportunity to provide value as a guard as well. So Nick Dawkins is right there. And then you move to the freshman, Anthony Donka, who is really surprised some people through camp. Um, still see him ideally as a four-game guy, a four-game redshirt guy, um, but that's uh, that's the way to look at it right there. And then you have the the ripple effect, as I mentioned, with without playing Nelson at tackle, you've got to figure out the fourth tackle situation. Uh, Drew Shelton, obviously, obviously, the third tackle could be a guard as well. He, we've seen him play guard uh, at Penn State in the in the the year that he's been on campus, so that's an option as well. Um, and then you've got Javen Williams, who can potentially play a little bit more because of the situation. So that's kind of the w- what you've got with uh, with the personnel there. Um, I, I think. Can that I ask Vegas- you? Yeah, go ahead. I want to I want to uh, kind of dig in a little bit here in just one uh, one comparison to last year where injuries happened, you know, kind of in a snowball effect in the middle of the season. Penn State already off starting with one on the offensive line. Now, how do you feel about the the depth of talent this year as opposed to last year where you're digging into some of those freshmen and playing guys and it's super thin at certain positions? But you know, with Drew Shelton another year in the program, with Vega Yuana another year in the program, is it a same feeling as last year because Javen Williams has to be that fourth, uh, that potentially fourth tackle, um, or is it a different, is it a different vibe this year? I think it's a little bit of a different vibe. I think if you add Dawkins into the equation, you feel a little bit better about where where things stands there. It's still about the same as numbers, and Penn State's progressively gotten deeper on the offensive line. You felt great going into the season with Tanguan Nelson at left guard, Norzad and Dawkins at center, Wormley and Ione at right guard. Like six guys is that's that's great. Like that's that would be great depth. And of course, any hit that you take is going to 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 have that effect on uh, on the rest of the roster, the rest of that room. 
Um, so I feel a little bit better. Um, I, I can't stress enough how important that class of 2022, like when you've got the Juco kid in Nelson, you've got Shelton who played as a true freshman, you've got Ione who you think can play legitimate reps as a red true freshman. This isn't a situation where you're bringing a guy in and you hope that he can stand in front of somebody and get in somebody's way. They, they hope that Vega or Venga, excuse me, could can be a guy um, that is actually playing at a starter level. So you hope that those guys are there um, where you project them to be. Um, no, no hit no injury hit on the offensive line is going to be good. Like you're, you're going to have to scramble at times. And, and Penn state did that very well last year, <laughs> even though we, we kind of romanticize it because it, it worked out so well, but you remember those, those things were like gritty. It wasn't like those, great. It wasn't, it wasn't beautiful. Drew Shelton played really well for a freshman. He did yeah. not, he did not play at the level that the other tackles uh, were playing, but it's still great. I mean, it's still awesome. Uh, don't get me wrong here. Now he's got to take that next step to playing well as a, college football player not just as a freshman will that be as the ta third tackle yes and james franklin made an important distinction this week saying he's played well on both sides he was not playing well on the right side in the spring so him bouncing back and, and having that versatility i can see him at three different positions this this fall he's a, he's a very important piece of this offensive line room i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The presenting sponsor of today's show is My Perfect Franchise. Been with us for a while now here on the BWI Live Show. If you're looking uh, to leave the corporate rat race and determine your future, uh, it's interesting. Like the, the older you get, the more you realize freedom isn't just about being able to do whatever you want. It's having the financial ability to do whatever you want. And uh, that's a big deal. If you want to live the American dream, which that's what it is, determining your future Check out My Perfect Franchise. Maybe you're looking for a side hustle because you're an entrepreneur or you want to uh, diversify, build wealth, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Andy can help you do that. Andy at My Perfect Franchise, he is a veteran of owning franchises. He's also a really smart guy who studies the industry. Uh, we had a chance to talk to him about uh, three weeks ago, maybe, and he was telling us all the industries that are coming and going as the American economy shifts during different times. And now maybe it's not as much about real estate as it is about improving your home. And maybe there are businesses, if you have uh, construction or contracting um, expertise, maybe you can go to a different level and uh, manage a business. He can talk to you through all of that stuff. No matter what your skills are, he'll pair you with a franchise that makes sense. This is not just trying to get you in the door in a factory line assembly. This is one-on-one, 100% -on -one, free consultation to help you find uh, the right business and answer any questions you, may ha you might have. So if you're watching here on the show, you can see his contact information. And if you're listening on the podcast, call 404-973-9901. That's Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. You can also talk to him on the Blue White Illustrated message board. He is a message board member, and he's a lifer of the message boards, so great place to talk to him as well. Best place and best way to get to that, by the way, is to sign up right now. It is our kickoff week sale. 
And today's Thursday. I don't know if you know how days work, but we're running out of time on the kickoff sale. 50% off the yearly subscription for new subscribers. So sign up right now and get it for $49.99. Insider access so you know about situations coming and going for Penn State football. You get information before it even gets into premium articles or out there on the internet. These guys are plugged in. They know what they're talking about, and they are the leading experts in Penn State football. So if you want all that stuff, plus film breakdowns, recruiting news, Greg Pickle's perspectives and reporting on things, sign up right now. Again, 50% off for BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. So you can get all those uh, projections and uh, game previews, which we're going to be getting to in just a couple of minutes. But guys, coming back to you here, Nate, uh, yesterday, Penn State practice opened for us to see what was going on. Yep. And the offense, obviously, was going to take center stage. So your takeaways from yesterday and, and what you saw from the final tune-up that we get to see for Penn State, West Virginia coming up on Saturday. Yeah, I know this is uh, is going to come to a shock to many people, but Drew Aller was uh, the the first quarterback to take a, a snap yesterday. So really, a lot of indicators that he might be Penn State starter on Saturday, whether or not James Franklin is willing to say so. Which guess what? He's not. He's not willing to say, to say so uh, as of Tuesday. Nobody asked him last night uh, to to follow up. Um, but, but he did have some comments in his post, his, uh, his post, uh, practice chat where, uh, which we'll get into later about, about Drew, which obviously leads you to believe that he will be the starter. Um, other than that, the things that, that I noticed that kind of stood out to me were, um, the, the running back r rotation, right. We, we had been kind of talking through the preseason and we, we hinted kind of throughout, um, the preseason that Trey Potts and Cam Wallace were, kind of that guy, the guys battling for the third running back spot. And uh, it looks like Trey is going to, going to win that battle um, or has won. I should say that battle. He, he was the third guy behind Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. So that gives you a pretty good sense of, of what they're going with there. Um, you know, at running back uh, with, and a small side note, tank um, tank Smith behind them as, as the fourth back. That doesn't mean that necessarily tank is actually fourth. Uh, you would think that both of those true freshmen will use up their their four games or have the potential to use up their four games. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the situation there at uh, at running back. And then, yeah, at receiver, some some maybe news, some maybe not news. But yeah, Liam Clifford, first guy there in the slot. Um, you know, that does not mean that Keandre Lambert Smith is also not playing in the in the slot. He is. Uh, but if you kind of read between the lines a little bit of what James Franklin said on Wednesday night, the position flexibility that Keandre Lambert Smith has opens up the door to simply find a third best receiver. People have asked all preseason why we keep talking about finding a third receiver rather than finding an X, a, a Y or a Z, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's that. It's the fact that they have position flexibility with Trey Wallace and Keandre Lambert Smith that they can move those guys around and simply look for the third best, third most reliable, third most consistent receiver out of that group. And right now, that looks like Liam Clifford. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see on Saturday night exactly how that takes shape. But for the time being, yeah, a, a pretty uh, in instructive, uh, you know, thing to see. I, I would say off of uh, practice on Wednesday night. Fitz, uh, Fitz, ideal or less than ideal that at this point in camp, you're moving Keandre Lambert-Smith around. 
Um, and one of those guys on the outside didn't step up, and now you're making these adjustments, which you can always adjust back. But, you know, that at this point you're moving him when uh, maybe his best position is in the slot. Uh, how do you view that particular situation as we kind of round out the receiver conversation and we finally get to see it on Saturday? It's nothing new. I mean, they've been doing that the whole time. It's not a situation where they thought that they needed to adjust their outlook based on the third receiver. I mean, I think it's important to say that. But uh, I, to me, it just keeps coming back to 12 personnel. Like you can move these guys around and you can also play Theo Johnson split out wide, put put Keandre in the slide. Like you've got options. That's the uh, that's the thing to take away from here. And I think you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel. They want to play Tyler Warren quite a bit, and uh, I don't blame them at all. They feel better, I think, about their two tight ends than their three receivers, if that makes sense. So I think that uh, you're going to see a lot of that, and that's that's where it comes into play there. And they're also moving Wallace around, too. This is not a situation where Wallace just sits on the outside. So give yourself some versatility. Helps your helps you in terms of preparation and in terms of what West Virginia has to prepare for and moving those guys around helps. Uh, I think Clifford's been consistent. Oh, you know, Amari's got the big play ability. We, we, we don't know what we're going to see from Cephas and McLean and, and Caden Saunders was, has been talked up a little bit as well. So I, I'm excited for that. Like I, I know everybody wants the answer of who's the third receiver, but like sit back, watch and, and maybe enjoy like the competition play out in front of your eyes. Cause it doesn't always happen like this. So I'm, I'm excited to see who steps up and, Maybe you have a hot hand situation where you've got a guy that steps up and all of a sudden outperforms his practice accolades, which happens all the time. You know, it's a, it's one of the things that's just a receiver. You've got to do it consistently, which is not the easiest thing to do. Um, we, we talked to Keandre Lambert Smith last night at length about how it takes or how long it can take to develop that consistency and what mindset it takes to develop that consistency. And it was it was pretty cool insight because this is a guy that did not have that consistency. And then all of a sudden, when you change your mindset, a lot of things can change. So I, I'll be interested to see when West Virginia, you know, when they take the field against West Virginia, who kind of clicks in and who goes for it. And there's a lot that you can tell from a month of practice. There's also some things that you can't. There's also some things you can't prepare for. So yeah. I'm excited to see that from, from a standpoint of I think Penn State's going to have the opportunity to throw the ball. I think they're going to have the opportunity to score some points. Who's going to step up on the outside? And like, given all the 12 personnel that we expect them to play, is that going to be as big of a storyline as we've made it during the offseason? I'm not sure that will be. Yeah, and one uh, minor point on that. You can run 12 personnel and still put Keandre Lambert-Smith in the slot. Formations can give you th certain things. Um, Nate, we're going to get to this, obviously, in the in the preview of the game. But in all of our observations, including yep. like my practice highlights where I'm going and I'm getting video, kind of just ignoring the running backs. Like, just give us... Give us like two minutes, three minutes on Nick Singleton and Catron Allen of what you see from them on a regular basis. And, and just talk about the really good football players for a second, because I, yeah. I made the joke with Curtis Jacobs on, on the Tuesday show. Every time we get to like talking about the defense and he's like, and you know, the defense vents, you know, what's going on there. They're awesome. And we kind of just gloss over it. But yeah. I mean, what, what do you got? They're really good at playing football. Uh, that's half the time on this tip, talking <laughs> about Singleton, the, the Berks County uh, contract <laughs> in here. So Nick started as a young boy uh, running hills outside. Now, um, <laughs> look, they're they're so talented. I think that they're so talented. I think that they're versatile, which is a hugely underspoken component of what they do, right? Uh, and and you know, you've seen in the past James Franklin's tendency to to want to throw the ball to his best playmakers wherever they right like however you can deliver the football quickly to your best playmakers in space 
that's something he loves. That is, that is, that is a major component of what we've seen at Penn state over the last uh, nine years. So yeah, you're, you're, you're going to see those guys get the ball. I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, Katron does probably doesn't get enough talk, at least for me. I don't talk about Katron enough just because I think so highly of Nick, but Katron's really good too, right? I mean, you just, you have such a nice complimenting uh, tandem there of, of guys who do different things, but also the same things, right? It, uh, one of the, one of the things that kind of stuck out to me about what Jay Juan Sider said this preseason is when opponents are, looking in the backfield, they're going to see a different number, but they shouldn't see a different player, right? The, the, the players Ooh. that they see, I, how about that? Zen. Deep. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. So they should see the same player. They should see the same footwork. They should see the same everything. Right. And, and so those guys, I feel like have spent, they're so driven. They're so motivated. Like all of those things that you want, um, they, they might not be flashy. Katron, has started to to speak more like he, he's coming out of his shell. I think a little bit that that was not the case last year, but that uh, Nick's the same way. <laughs> think neither one of those guys are going to uh, knock you over the head the way that a Keandre Lambert Smith will in terms of right. Being, being out and vivacious and, and all of those, uh, all of those adjectives. So yeah, it's, it's about doing work. They do it. And I think that both of those guys are, are, are ready to show, not just Penn State fans who already probably have a great idea, not just the opponents that are on the schedule this year, but really the, the rest of the college football world, right? This is this is about more than just, hey, uh, you know, Big Ten uh, Rookie of the Year or, you know, uh, all Big Ten status. Like it's, it's beyond that. And so we're going to we're going to start to uh, to see that on Saturday night. We'll get to that in just one second. Uh, but first. Are you coming to the game? Because it's a, it's a primetime atmosphere. It's Thursday. Hopefully you've made your arrangements. But if not, we got a place for you to stay. And I love this idea. This is Alum Lodge, one of our new sponsors on the show. You can check out uh, them at alumlodge.com. And let me just give you the overview. You get to stay in a fancy, swanky place instead of an Airbnb where you're sharing it with a host or you're, you're at, uh, at a hotel, which, you know, nothing wrong with hotels, but you could be here for the weekend in a very nice house. And I'll give you the description that they gave to us uh, because it's the first time I'm seeing this one as well. They've just uh, updated the site. They've got all of their, I believe they have all of their properties on the website at alumlodge.com now. So enjoy a stylish experience in this centrally located Cape Cod in the village at Penn State, just 2.1 miles from Beaver Stadium. If you're a brave individual with great cardio, you could walk to the stadium from there. Feel at home in the open floor plan, including a spacious living room, dining room, granite countertop, entertainment, kitchen. Enjoy coffee from the den, which overlooks the deck with a barbecue grill, outdoor seating, etc., etc., etc. You can also flip through all of the uh, photos to check it out as well at alumlodge.com. They have a concierge style and uh, mentality where they're going to meet this to your specifications. Let me give you a great example. Uh, my wife has to eat gluten-free. We never eat out. It makes traveling a nightmare. So if you've got food restrictions and you can't go out for every single meal, what if you could just go somewhere and there's a fully stocked kitchen, cleaned, you can be ready to go and have a, a an awesome weekend. 
with so few uh, problems in your way because everything's been taken care of for you. So go to alumlodge.com, and there's some pretty cool stuff I got to get to here in just one second. Um, alumlodge, go to alumlodge.com to reserve your stay today. Use promo code BWI to receive 10% off your booking. That's code BWI for 10% off your booking. Or you can call 814-424-3266 to book or pre-book listings that aren't on the site yet. But you can check out all the sites. One of my favorite things still to this day is you go through Zillow and just look at houses because I think that's fun. Uh, so if you're, if you're like me, you can check out alumlodge.com. I strongly suggest that you do that as soon as possible because the game, if you don't know, coming up on Saturday. And gentlemen, it is time to preview Penn State and West Virginia. Fitz, when we're looking at this game, let's start with what everyone wants to know. How's the offense going to look? And how is uh, what are you expecting out of that side of the ball against West Virginia and their defense that has a lot of new pieces? Yeah, the defense, you, you nailed it, has a lot of new pieces. And I think there's a lot of space in that defense. It, you asked James about this this week. It's a Big 12 defense. Like, there, there is space to be found on that defense. Uh, I still think Penn State will set them up with the run. Like, I, it makes sense. I mean, what, what Nate was just saying about uh, Nick and Katron, um, you have that ability to fall back on that running game. And that that will keep you on schedule. That will possibly put you ahead of schedule. Like, I, I think Penn State's offensive line has an opportunity um, to have some success to move that defensive front. Um, and I think that's it, it there, there's just a lot to there's there's a lot of optimistic matchups for Penn State in this one. Um, somebody just mentioned the tight ends in the chat. Absolutely. I think Theo Johnson is going to have an opportunity to find a lot of space down the middle of the field. Um, is it going to be a situation where I think they just flat out light them up? Probably not. Like that's uh, there, there's some you know, rule changes and things that will take some getting used to in terms of how many plays you're going to get, how many time, how much time you're going to get and first time starter, everything like that. I mean, that, that to me is, is what you watch. You don't watch the first viewing for Drew Aller. You go back and look at the tape and see how he handled everything, getting everybody in position, um, which obviously is what Sean Clifford did so well. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see this offense. Like, I, I don't know that it's uh, every piece is in place. We just talked about the third receiver and, and things like that, but it's going to have the opportunity to put up some points, I believe. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm excited to see where they find that space. I will say this. I was watching the offense for the first time in camp. And usually when we go in, we split. You know, we, we send a couple people to to watch the defensive field. We send a couple people to watch the offensive field. I've drawn defense pretty much every practice so far. And so yesterday I saw you and Ryan walking over to defense. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to check out the offense, see how it goes. Uh, Drew can sling it, man. <laughs> like that's the, that's the first time, like just being close up, like seeing the difference between him and, and the other guys and the other guys throw decent balls as well. Just it's different coming out of his hand and, and Penn state, if you, excuse me, at practice yesterday, if you're watching the video, you can see the wind in the background. Like the wind was blowing into them going the direction that they're throwing right now. And he was throwing some darts. So I'm excited to see that come out. I think he's going to be juiced up. I think he's going to overthrow some guys early. Um, that's pretty typical uh, for a first-time quarterback. But uh, I think once he settles down, he's going to have the opportunity to do so. I like Penn State to keep the ball um, close to the line of scrimmage in terms of the passing game to start, get him comfortable, and then go from there and ride that wave. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Like This kid can make some throws that – not many quarterbacks that I've seen come through, make them uh, some of these outs that he was throwing there. Um, I know it, it kind of seems 
different. Uh, it seems like it's looping a little bit, but when you put his film next to, to Bose, uh, it's, it's very different. So I'm excited to see what Drew looks like. I'm excited to see if the, the hype comes to fruition. I've been saying for a long time, I think Drew is going to put up big numbers against West Virginia. I don't know that it's going to be indicative of how he plays, but I think he's going to put up big numbers and we're going to talk about that uh, you know, after the game and next week. So I'm excited to see this offense because they have the pieces in place to click. So that's kind of uh, it's kind of where I'm at with uh, with where things stand on the offense. And it doesn't hurt that uh, Nick Singleton can take it 80 yards if you need it. So. Uh, Nate, as much as we're going to talk about Nick Singleton, uh, sure. I want to start with what James Franklin had to say last night, because uh, one of the questions he was asked about what do you want to see from Drew Aller? And then he went into detail about what he wanted to see from Drew Aller, who is not the starting quarterback as of now. Definitely yeah. not the starter. <laughs> so what did he say and how, how did you view what he had to say in terms of his uh, expectations for the first game? Yeah, uh, let everyone else work. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's it. Is Do not come into this game thinking that you have to do it all. You don't. Uh, do not feel like you have to be perfect. You don't. Right. And so there's, there's this, um, there's this, this balancing act. I feel like that's happening of expectations, which are fine, right? Everybody's excitement for him is fine. I'm sure that he's excited. Obviously, you know, everyone wants this to get started to, to see how he looks and uh, for his career to progress, but don't race to the end first right like it there is a process to this and i feel like what james franklin said last night is is a fairly accurate indicator of how this is going to look for the first four five weeks of the season for penn state right it's not just about this game it's look go, go, ride your horses you got them they're in this table like they're ready to run you got nick singleton you got katron allen you got an offensive line that is ready to hit somebody right that's not their defensive opponent. They don't have to face chop Robinson this weekend. They don't have to face, uh, right. Some, some of those guys that they've been seeing on a weekly basis gives them an opportunity. And, and even for the receivers, right. The receivers don't have to see Kalen King this weekend. There, there, there are all of those elements. The tight ends are going to have some, some mismatch opportunities. Like let those guys do what they do. You be, in a lot of ways, and I'm I'm ready to just absorb the hate here, but like when Sean Clifford came in in 2019, that was a lot of the same situation, right? As he had some established pieces that were around him that he could rely on. That that's what you want. That's that that is the type of situation where that you want for specifically a sophomore quarterback. So I'm I'm. Uh, again prepared to be hated but like let's just pump the brakes just a little bit like let's just let's just ease into this uh you know as you noted and and i think is a fair assessment of what west virginia is going to do you're going to try to confuse him like crazy right like you're going to do anything that you can to disguise what you're doing defensively and you might be so wrong defensively that you're right (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's it, like, like it is obnoxious watching them, especially last year when they had a lot of new pieces. I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at because I don't think they know what they're doing. And, and it's just like, <laughs> what coverage is this? What am I right. supposed to be reading? I don't know. 
And Correct. that's how they get you. And that's how they get you, <laughs> right? They're, they're so wrong that the quarterback doesn't know or isn't going to be isn't going to be aware of what he's looking at because they don't know what they're looking at or what they're doing. Uh, there are this is always my least favorite time of the year, specifically to project what the first week opponent is going to look like. Because I understand the talent component of it, of like, okay, well, you, you have a fairly good idea of players that returned from last year, but they have a pretty good cornerback that returns from uh, from Kent State that transferred this offseason, right? Yeah. There, there are going to be components of this West Virginia defense that we don't really know exactly how they're going to perform. Um, you know, and it, and it helps once you start to get tape, once you start to see tape of, of teams, uh, and, and start to, to work your way through the season. So now that's, that's, that's my spiel on Drew is just like, Hey, if he doesn't throw for 400 yards, it, it's not the end of the world, right? It's yeah. it, like, it's not, it's not going to be a big deal. Uh, if they put up 28, 35 point, like it, it, I, I just, I'm not sure that I can remember a time other than Idaho where, Penn state has opened the season clicking on all cylinders offensively. I just, I like, really there, there are kind of few and far between examples of that, of, of Penn state offensively coming out and really just firing uh, away. So yeah, I'm, I'm tempering the expectations just a little bit in terms of the offensive production, even if there is uh, a, you know, a big, a big run for, for, Singleton or Catron, you know, what have you. I, I just think it's uh, it's time to temper those expectations just a little bit out of the gates. Uh, let's move on to the defense because uh, this is an exciting group to talk about. There can be a lot of fun things that happen on this side of the football. I don't – is it fair to say this is the best collection of talent uh, overall that Penn State has had on this side of the football. I know they've played well in the past, but in terms of talent-wise, Fitz, is this is this one of the best that you've seen coming into a season? And then specifically with what can that do against West Virginia? I, you know, I hate to say that because Penn State's had some really good defenses, really good complementary defenses, and in the end, that's what's going to make them good um, or make any anyone good. Um, but in, in terms of pure talent, there's there's a lot floating around here, and they've stacked it at some positions. Defensive end is, I, I think, as good as any position room in the in the league, really. Um, so I'm excited to see how that can like have an effect on the corners, have an effect on the coverage, and things like that. Because I think they're going to be very good. Um, I mean, it's it, it's tough to look around and say that I've seen a faster defense at Penn State. Like this, this has the opportunity when you've got guys like uh, Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter, four, 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 five guys playing outside linebacker. Um, that's, that's different. Like <laughs> those are, those are different dudes uh, on the outside. And then, you know, you, you, you throw in a complimentary piece like Kobe King and you can see this all coming together. Um, of course, we're going to talk about defense tackles. I mean, that's, that's going to be something that's pressed this week is, West Virginia's got a pretty good offensive line in, in, in the grand scheme of how good offensive lines can be. West Virginia's got some pieces in place that can be a pretty good offensive line. Got a good running game, good running back there. Um, quarterback still very much a question. I believe Garrett Green is the guy that's in Drew Aller's seat right now in terms of the guy that's going to start that nobody's going to say is going to start. Um, and he's, I don't think, you know, nearly nearly the threat um, of, of, of some quarterbacks Penn State's played in the past. But I think it's a real opportunity there, especially for this defensive tackle group to uh, to hold steady. Um, it'll be interesting to judge what a successful defense is because this defense has been played up really well, and I think rightfully so. I think it's an elite defense in college football. Um, but uh, you know, every time you come out, like Nate said, with the first game, 
like there's an adjustment to be made there. And maybe West Virginia comes out running the ball. West Virginia is going to do everything they can to make this game end in two and a half hours, like a baseball <laughs> game these days. Like they're going to shorten the clock, try and get first downs and let that clock run because that's, you know, kind of how the things go with uh, the new college football rules, which I don't think will change everything totally, but you're going to get cheated out of, you know, 10 plays that you would have seen in, in a game last year. So I think West Virginia, West Virginia is going to try all they can do to shorten up this game, keep it close to the football and, uh, and run. And uh, yeah, I think, I think Penn state's defense is, is pretty well set up to, to handle that. Um, especially when you don't have the threats on the outside, Devin Carter, of course, who was committed to Penn state yeah. um, will play wide receiver. And I think he's got very big play potential but also has the potential to not have a play to play impact on the game. Like the consistency um, might not be there. Um, you know, that they had uh, the names escaping me, the, the hyphenated guy they had last year, uh, Ford Bryce Wheaton, Ford Wheaton. Bryce Ford Wheaton um, was like that. He was awesome like at times, and then he just disappeared for a while. So it'll be interesting to see how Devin Carter responds. Um, he went to, to West Virginia, had an opportunity to start and step in right away, and I think he can do that. And I think they've got a couple guys that can play. Rodney Gallagher is going to come up at some point. I think he's going to play on Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, Penn State has, the uh, I think, the overwhelming advantage in terms of, of talent on defense against that offense. But, you know, when if you can't stop somebody running the ball, then that's going to change the way that the, the, game, is, the, the game flow is going. So – Feel confident in Penn State's defense. They just have to to tighten up a few spots, and we're going to see if all the the hand wringing on defensive tackle was was worth it over this offseason. Nate, I want to come to you for just a couple final thoughts on the game, uh, yep. and then we'll get into your game predictions. Which again, you could see yesterday afternoon at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. We all put them up in an article. Uh, so, Nate, final thoughts on the game, and then give me your prediction. Oh, I I'm expecting. <laughs> everyone's gonna hate me uh, no yeah. i just i expect miscues right i expect like it's a dress rehearsal to a certain extent and i understand that it's not a dress rehearsal but in a lot of ways it is there's no preseason this is the opponent i think that you want right if you're penn state and you're gonna face a power five opponent then west virginia is is not in a great spot right now. <laughs> like we can all acknowledge that but it doesn't mean that your side of thing right you uh, you know, I always heard Michael Shrewsbury talking about it, right? You're just focusing on yourself. You're just, you're, you're, you're more worried about yourself than you are the opponent. And uh, is there a chance that this defense is super good and still gives up maybe a chunk touchdown on a miscommunication? Yeah, there is, right? Is, is there a chance that uh, a, a couple of drives, maybe more than a couple of drives stall after, you know, moving maybe between, the 20s but can't necessarily cash in absolutely uh and so I, I i really hate to take on the uh like a negative persona because that's not my demeanor i don't feel like but I, I just think that that this is a game that is ripe for miscommunication to kind of work itself out right you just you see all the pieces that are there on penn state and look i'm, I'm also basing this somewhat on feedback <laughs> Right. Like I, I, there's there are vibes, there's buzz coming. Right. You hear what the offense looks like in practice. And for Penn State, sometimes it looks good, but sometimes it doesn't. Right? Sometimes it's not totally clicking. So I, I just think that uh, that that's probably what you're going to see, especially in that environment where, you know, everybody's so hyped up it, like that. That translates to the players as well. It's hard, I feel like 
particularly in the first game to play your best under those circumstances. So I've got 28 to 10 Penn state. I, I know it's not sexy. Maybe yeah. they get to, maybe they cross that 30 threshold. Maybe they get to, to 35, but I, I do feel like it's a, uh, a comfortable win for Penn state, but one that you'll come out of fans will come out of people will come out of feeling like, okay, like now, now I get it. That that is a sophomore quarterback. That it that is a, a group that's gelling together for the first time and, and trying to to work out some of those kinks. Nate gave us the lowest point total for the Nittany Lions, and Fitz, you gave us the highest point total for the Nittany Lions. So, what do you see in this game? I see college football. There's a lot of points in college football. Um, yeah. And I and I also, unlike Nate, I don't hate Penn State. So um, <laughs> there's that. No, I'm, I mean I just think there's there's a lot of advantages here and. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of with Nate that they're not going to play a perfect game and you can still score 45 points on an off game. Like that's college football for you. Like I think with the potential of this defense, the potential of them taking the ball away, which, you know, West Virginia can turn the ball over. And we've seen things snowball in an environment like I'm expecting on Saturday night has the opportunity to snowball and, and get out of hand. So maybe we do see a slow first quarter. Maybe we do see a situation where West Virginia is trying to sit on the ball and basically do all the, everything that they can. Maybe we do see a slip up from a, a first time starting quarterback. Those things are all certainly possibilities, but uh, you know, how many times have you looked down at your, at the scoreboard and it's 24 points at halftime, you know, like these points can add up quickly. So I have been say 45 to 10. I just think they're better. Like, I think it's, it, I just think they're, they're that much better. I've been saying this for a long, long time. I've got folks, you know, around West Virginia that don't think this is a particularly good West Virginia team and think that and folks around Penn State thinks it's a pretty darn good Penn State team. So I don't want to get too deep into it, but I, I think Penn State uh, wins. I think they cover and I think that's uh, an exciting game. And I think there will still be holes coming out of this. Definitely. Like, I think that that's the thing to to take away from. It's not so much the first viewing as it is going back and seeing what they need to fix, because if you're going to hold yourself to a championship standard, to a playoff level standard, you know, you want to be the team that steams roll steamrolls a team that they should steamroll uh, early in the schedule. Yeah, now I'm looking at it. I, uh, I'm i the one that gave West Virginia the most points out of uh, the group. And after watching her passing game, I'm I'm regretting that at this point. But you can check out the whole article and our reasons why. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Once again, great time to sign up for 50% off a, a year-long mem- membership. I keep wanting to say season-long, but it's not It's not just the season. It's the 2023 season. It's signing day. It's the second signing day. It's spring football next year and camps, everything like that, all the way until this point next year. So now that we got all that out of the way, let's get to the main event, which is your questions in the BWI mailbag. have not been ignoring this. I've been saving this for right now. Uh, but this coming in the message form, no qu- message forum, no question. Just would like to wish Sean a happy birthday today. Hope you have a great and busy day. Fitz, happy birthday here on the show. Appreciate you uh, being here uh, on your birthday. People wishing you happy birthday in the chat. I did not know that you were another fellow August birthday member. So happy birthday. Yeah, that, that message came from my father um, on the message board. He still hasn't called or texted me happy birthday. So, you know, he's got, I know he's, he is laser focused on the tailgate this weekend, which Mm -hmm. anybody 
stop by the tailgate. It's always a good time um, out there past the uh, left field line of Lebrano down down the hill a little bit. Uh, sponsored by Labat Blue this year. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a good time. But he's focused on that, and uh, I yeah, I've yet to hear from him other than that post on our message board. So I appreciate that, Dad. Yeah, and we are coming up. This is a great point by Beach Wine Guy. Happy anniversary of joining Blue White Illustrated. So a lot of stuff happening for you uh, at the end of August. Super happy to have you here, obviously, uh, and be a part of the Blue White Illustrated team and be the team leader. Nate, uh, let's get in- yeah, this, this is getting obnoxious. Let's <laughs> give me the football questions. <laughs> I never thought we'd get to a situation no. where that would be Nate's let's response. Talk about how great I am. Come on. <laughs> Beard looks weird. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Stephen Light asks, I'm most interested in Yursich's your move to the box. Uh, doesn't it seem an odd time to move off the field with a rookie starter? Uh, what do you think changed his mind from where to call the game? Danny O'Brien. Like, I think you've got an opportunity for him as a graduate assistant now instead of an analyst to be your guy down on the field, to be the guy that needs to uh, communicate with your first time starting quarterback. And I think that that's that's it. Like, that's all of it. Like, he's this is a guy who is he carries the assistant quarterbacks coach role, but he's got a big role in this program. And he's a big reason, you know that they've gotten court. Like he was a big reason they got drew. He's a big reason that they've gotten Ethan Grunkmeyer. Like the, the, he is a big part of that quarterback process. So he's got them there. You can get uh, Mike Yersich up in the box to see everything develop. And this was an interesting conversation had on the board this week about the difference between seeing everything develop as an offensive coordinator from the box and Manny's down in the field, like seeing everything happen. Like, I think you need to be, not, you don't need to be in the box. Let's let's say that. I, I think you see more. You have the more a bigger opportunity as an offensive coordinator to see more and to make those judgment calls from the box than you do. I'm 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 a proponent of being up in the box. I know some guys like to be down there in the field. You get the feel for things, but from an X's and O's standpoint of basically looking at it like a video game, looking and seeing yeah. what's opening up. I think that that's the opportunity there. So I'm excited to see how it happens. Yursich uh, has done it in the past. Um, this was something when we did, uh, I remember Nate and I were on the golf course talking about, uh, or, and I was posting a Danny O'Brien notes story. And I mentioned Yursich in the box. And the first response was, isn't he on the field? And I was like, Oh sh- shoot. I, I shouldn't, I, I guess I shouldn't have said that. And then we kind of walked it back, but I think he gives him an opportunity to see everything. And he's got Daniel O'Brien down there, who is a great communicator with those quarterbacks. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, you've got the opportunity to work with those guys now where he didn't have that in the analyst role last year. And, and Danny is a future quarterback coach. Uh, he's a future offense coordinator, probably a future head coach as well. So he's, he's one of those guys that you want to maximize your abilities while you still have him on your staff. Not a, question here but tyler saying uh never been able to catch you guys live just wanted to thank you for all the awesome coverage thank you tyler appreciate you being here and appreciate you supporting uh the channel somebody else mentioned we got a great show today great crowd super awesome we got a lot of new people watching for the first time because penn state football is literally hours away at this point so if you haven't yet subscribe to blue white illustrated here on youtube and hit the like button because if you're 49 minutes into a, a show on youtube you have uh way more attention span than most people and uh you know you're liking the show so please if you would like the video uh zanderson asks any recruits you are surprised that uh, won't be attending the first game at west virginia obviously a night game a uh, a a, a primetime showcase so you expect a lot of players to be there but at the same time, you know, schedules and things can happen. So Fitz, uh, quickly here on this one, is there anything that comes to mind? 
I, I don't harp on the negative like that. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like once a kid says they're not coming, they're not coming. There's, there are so many things that can, can like be coming to play. Guys have schedules, guys have film in the morning, you know, can't get there. I mean, Jalen Harvey is a guy that, that you look at and say that, uh, you know, he would probably be one of those expected guys. Um, now they'll, I think they'll still get him on campus before a decision, but at the same time, like he just went to USC last week and watched USC San Jose state. So it makes sense for a game that's three and a half hours from him and a primetime game, an opportunity for him to, to come up. Um, so I think that that would be the one that would be surprising to me. Um, but as I've said before in this recruitment, really nothing surprises me with Jalen Harvey these days. So I think that, that would be, uh, that would be the way to look at that, that question. A uh, question from the chat here. Larry is pro he says, apparently Aubrey Brooks is a top three safety in the country. Um, is that, uh, can anyone confirm this is what he asks. This was uh, on some chat, some other podcasts, some other places that he'd been listening to Penn State coverage. Uh, Aubrey Brooks certainly is a good football player and was a very good all around safety for them last year. When you start saying top three in the country, top five, like, most people don't actually know where somebody ranks in, in a certain position across all of college football because no one's actually watching all of college football despite what they'll tell you. Um, I think that's a certain amount of pumping up of your guy, it sounds like, but he is a very good football player and uh, somebody that I think Penn State is obviously aware of. James Franklin mentioned him as one of the, the best players on their defense that they highlight, um, but I you know, I think Penn State has several players of his caliber or better on in their secondary at safety as well. Preseason all Big Ten second team there. So I mean or all Big Twelve, sorry, second team. So yeah. I don't I don't know that he's a top three guy, but that's just kind <clears> of <throat> what I'm writing on his bio right now. <laughs> and that's a that's a good gauge there as well. Uh this one kind of leading off of what Fitz just said. Nate, I'm gonna come to you. Who is the most likely to be an all Big Ten selection at the end of the preseason or at the end of the season, despite not being a preseason all Big Ten. So I looked up the all Big Ten official selections, and I believe mm-hmm. Olufashinu was the only all Big Ten <laughs> se- uh, uh, selection. So you've got a wide delta of players to pick from. Uh, yeah, well, let's let's uh, let's widen it to like Phil Steele, all pre- right, because yeah. Big Ten doesn't really do an all all Big Ten preseason. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Hakeem Beeman is Ooh. not anywhere on that radar. And I think he will be by the end of the season. 290, by the way, on the latest Penn State football uh, roster update. So when James Franklin talking about they're getting bigger fits, they're getting bigger at defensive tackle Two, I know we're all we want everyone to be 301, 305, uh, but 290 pretty good for Hakeem Beeman. Uh, do you have a, a selection for that particular question? I'm going through the Athlon preseason here, and uh, every player is listed basically. So, <laughs> but um, not Hakeem uh, Beeman. Not Hakeem. You're right. Not Hakeem <laughs> Beeman. I did wow, it. Wow. It's interesting. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I look at the potential that Kobe King has to put up uh, tackles, like, and I think he can make one of those media slots by putting up a lot of tackles. So I think that that's. Uh, uh, that's the way that I would go with that. I, I haven't really thought about this one. I was, I was just hoping you sent it to Nate and moved on, but I think Kobe, Kobe's <laughs> going to surprise some people. And I think he's going to be Penn state's leading tackler this year. And I know that we had talked about rep, rep splitting with Tyler Elston, but I think he's played his way into, you know, a sh- like a, a, a greater share of those reps. And it's going to have the opportunity to, uh, to put up some tackles, especially with the guys around him. I think West Virginia is going to run right at him. And, you know, I think that he's going to have an opportunity to make some, to pile up some tackles. So Kobe King, uh, third team media. Um, we'll go with that. Let's look at this one. Um, 
obviously the conversation around the game is the, the West Virginia running game. So Z Fresh 5 says, do we think we may see a combination of denied Dennis Sutton and Adisa Isaac to counter the heavy run game this year in specific games to go with that linebackers, Kobe King, Curtis Jacobs, and Abdul Carter? Well, I mean, those are the three starting linebackers for Penn State specifically, but the defensive ends, uh, the question centers around uh, a heavy package um, is it is it incorrect to say that Chop Robinson is going to be bad against the run? I guess I, I don't understand the premise of this particular question, Nate. I think that you're looking at this question as Chop Robinson as a pass rusher, but he's gotten bigger. Like he is, yeah. uh, he has definitely gotten bigger um, to the point where I think he can play the run. I don't think there's a situation where you have to uh, overemphasize or change what you're doing at defensive end to uh, counterbalance a heavy run team. Obviously, they're going to face Michigan. That's going to be the litmus test for for this Penn State defense on a lot of levels, but especially at that level, defensive end stopping the run. Curious to see um, if you do need to go to a five tech like they used to do um, with, uh, with with certain players with Givens. I think Zettel's played there as well um, against like the Wisconsin and Iowa's of the world. Um, but uh, does it mean Vanover get in that role? Do you move Zane Durant around? Do you move Hakeem Beeman around? Like that, that's probably the interesting thing there, but like, ride ride your dudes like ride however long you can get chop robinson and adisa isaac and deny dennis sutton and then there's a little bit of a break but vanover's good fisher should be good as well just stay with those guys like stay with those guys and do what you do yeah i I don't think that there's necessarily a poor run blocker in that group uh fits are are you looking for more diversity at defensive end or are you looking for more of you know the top line guys the top line guys and then you cycle them out because I think this is just an interesting conversation beyond heavy run packages, but just you've got a lot of depth and talent there, but your your high end starters at that position are are really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out because I think like Fish uh, Fisher uh, Vanover can play as well. Like Fisher can play as well, but I have Vanover as the fourth guy, Fisher as the fifth guy. So we're going to see what break you have. Like usually, like to go two and two in terms of rotating those guys in and out. Um, different. I don't want to see different styles, but like the, the second team is much bigger than the first team, if that's going to be what you're going to go with. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that works. But those guys, I think both have, or they all have a lot of talent. They, they're all explosive. Like they can all rush the passer as well. So I'm just uh, exceedingly high on the, that defensive end group. And I don't think there's anything that you change to, uh, to, to make that work. I don't think, I don't think putting denied Dennis Sutton on the field to take chop Robinson off just to play the run gives you the value that you think it would on paper. Um, I think Chop Robinson is, is, ca- is going to be capable of playing against the run. Nate, do you want to answer a Big Ten championship question or a kicking game question? Oh, boy. Dealer's Big choice. Ten championship. Come on. Let's, I love All the right. picture. Let's go. So, CFET asks, <clears throat> why is PSU going to win a Big Ten championship? Conversely, why aren't they going to uh, win a Big Ten championship? So paint the picture for us, Nate. Um, you start with the optimism, as we just said. Okay. Here, here's the optimistic trajectory, the narrative, right? You get six games to get it together before you got to go to, to Ohio state. And that's a tough game. Obviously uh, Ohio state has things that they've got to deal with. Michigan has some things that they've got to deal with. I don't think that the immediate gap between Penn state and those two teams is the margin that it's been, necessarily previously and look obviously Michigan over the last two years has been a different animal from what they were the previous six but the the point kind of remains that all three of these teams have a lot to like and also have a a few things that they've got to answer 
So uh, giving yourself that run up, I think it, it allows you to maybe get through a tough game, right? Illinois or Iowa, you can peg out of those first six games as one of those two, mm-hmm. maybe tripping you up a little bit, not necessarily losing, but there'll be a right? test. Give it, right? like it gives you, it gives you the film, right? It gives you, it gives yep. you the film of, Hey, this is, this is the, these are the things that you got to improve upon. Uh, it, it, I think it really helps to have UMass as the lead in, right? You got to buy. I, I mean, I think the schedule is, Northwestern by UMass, Ohio State. You should feel good about that. You yeah. should feel re- really good about that. So that's kind of, that's my version of if you can win one of those two games, I think that there's a great chance that, right? I mean, you just have to see. Like, you never know what everybody else is going to do, but there's a good chance that even with a loss, Penn State can still get to the Big Ten Championship game. The way that P- Penn State doesn't get to the Big Ten Championship game is they lose both which is a very realistic possibility too, right? Either one of those scenarios I feel like are realistic. So um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I just think that if Penn state's defense holds everybody in that ballpark of 17 to 24 points, you're giving this offense an opportunity. And if, and if Penn state's offense has an opportunity um, to, to stay with and keep up with uh, uh, those two teams, which specifically are, are the, the only two really that you can see on the schedule that are going to score points, then you got a chance. Uh, I also am looking forward to having uh, like two and a half to three weeks to look at Ohio State film because yep. it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's way easier to do it than to do it in seven days. Um, we'll go to this one. Fitz, you're going to get the kicking game question. Can we have any confidence in a reliable kicking game this year? This is from PS7680 on the message board. I'm, I'm not changing my answer on the kicking game. We're not going to know until they get out there in front of 107,000 people. Like that's, that's it, just the, the fact of the mental side of that kicking game. It's, it, it's so tough to do it in a, or it's so tough to simulate that environment that to the point when you get out there, it's completely different. So I think the confidence that you can have is they they do have talent. They have what you would call leg talent. Like Sanderson Haydack can kick the hell out of the ball. Like Riley Thompson has done it at a college level. Like they have the talent to do it. It's just a matter of can they do that consistently um, at the level that is expected for a playoff uh, uh, contending team? I, I don't know. Like we're and we're like I don't know. You don't know. Stacy Collins has a pretty decent idea, but also he doesn't know like that's the, when you, until you get out there, there's really nothing you can say. So I'm, I'm not changing my answer. It's been the same all of August. I think they have an opportunity um, to be good in that area, but I'm very far from, from being confident that they are going to be good in that area. Uh, and then the last question we'll throw up here, and thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to everybody who submitted a question at bluewhiteillustrated.com. We love the mailbag. I think that's fair to say that everyone here on the show loves the mailbag. Uh, will the offense do the T in this game? The T being the T formation? Uh, yes, they will absolutely do the T formation. I think the better question here is how will the T formation evolve? Because in college football, uh, in a lot of different areas of the game, if you stay static, Teams will figure out a way to stop it. So what do they do this year that will be a uh, an advancement on what they've done in the past? Uh, that's what I got for the show today. Nate, Sean, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Happy birthday, Fitz. Any last words, Penn State, West Virginia, coming up this weekend? 
Nope. Just uh, continue to check out our coverage on blueitillustrated.com. Uh, check out that promo if you haven't done so so far. Uh, August has been awesome for us in terms of a coverage standpoint, in terms of subscription standpoint, things like that. Um, there's there's a place to be for Penn State coverage. It's us. Check it out. Uh, blueitillustrated.com. Nate, agree with him quickly. Love you, Fitz. Happy birthday, buddy. Hey, thanks. And subscribe. There we go. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. Five things to watch for for Penn State football playing defense against West Virginia. I'll be riding solo. I think Ryan may join me for a couple minutes uh, to to start the show. Just give a quick preview of what's coming up. And then, of course, we've got the tailgate show coming up three hours before kickoff. 90 minutes, myself and uh, Penn State defensive tackle Aeneas Hawkins. We're going to be breaking down the game for you. Live postgame show afterwards. All kinds of stuff. We are going 1,000 miles an hour. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. We'll talk to you then. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.